0: buzz talk business talking to you about the real stories and connecting real with people with real life this is Buzz Talk Business. It's Kate from Scoop. Hello.
1: Morning. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much.
0: So, Scoop, a new venture for Fleet High Street.
1: Yes. Well, a new venture for the High Street, but not necessarily for Fleet. We've been around for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but we've had to move <laughs> because I don't think we were visible enough.
0: Uh, okay, that was the uh, that was the reason for your move. Yeah.
1: Yes, partly. Yes.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, that's uh, that's great. Uh, so, tell us of the ethos of Scoop. How did this come about? First of all.
1: Uh, Well, having been a primary school teacher for many years, I was started with um, an eco-group who I was teaching about plastic-free strategies and and a new charity called Surface Against Sewage at the time who had a plastic-free schools initiative and we were working through that and as I was learning more and more myself and teaching the children, I was becoming more and more frustrated. with the impact that we have on the planet. So decided I needed to do something a little bit more than just teaching the 12 children in my group. So uh, educating the community became a focus and the shop was part of that.
0: Fair enough. Good, good, good ethos. I feel, I feel
2: don't you, Beth? It's really interesting because you say, you know, you were teaching, having a little workshop of children, and they. I know what I'll do. I'll start a shop with a whole philosophy. Not a lot of people would have actually have done it like that. So you must have had a, a passion and an energy uh, and a vision.
1: It definitely, the shop has. Definitely because of the passion and definitely not because of business because business is still second nature to me Um, and it's been a massive learning curve but uh, the children were a massive inspiration, they were keen, they were interested and they showed me that I think there were a lot more people out there who three years ago and things have moved a long way since then but even three years ago that there were people who needed someone to do something so that they could live a plastic-free life or, or try to be much more zero waste and actually there were lots and lots more people who had no idea about it and therefore needed to have their eyes opened a little bit.
2: I remember when the shop started I thought oh that's a little bit quirky but that's yeah, <laughs> a really really good idea and you're exactly right there what you say. You have to learn, you know, you've got maybe think, yeah, I think, why do we do this? Why have we got this much of plastic wrapping containers? And then you go, there you go, we can do something about it.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, like I say, things have come a really long way. When we first, when I first started trying to be a little bit more zero waste, I tried to do a supermarket shop um, and tried to do as what I could to remove plastic from my shop and I literally could not find a single thing in my supermarket to pick up, including a mayonnaise jar, which I swapped from the plastic bottle to a glass jar, still had a tamper seal on it. Um, I was really, I left that shop really frustrated. So for, since then, and from when we've opened, lots more suppliers, our suppliers have moved across to better options, and, and the wave of zero-waste shops have, have pushed that, I think. They've encouraged the major suppliers to look into what they're doing.
2: There are more, aren't there? I was gonna say there's more and more um zero-waste shops yeah, and market about stalls. 260
1: now around, around the UK.
2: That's brilliant. 260, though, isn't much.
1: It's not, but we are growing.
2: <laughs> so what would you say the one piece of learning that's been taken away by the general public?
1: Oh, just that I think any small thing is a step in the right direction, that you don't have to change your entire life and be quite as militant about it as I am in my own life. Um, you know, just maybe refilling your washing-up liquid bottle instead of buying a new one or I don't know maybe picking up your pasta in a, in your own container instead of buying another packet it, the tiniest bit of effort if we all did it would add up to a massive amount of change
2: washing powder instead of washing capsules
1: yep all of those kinds all of things all kind that of stuff well, yep.
3: it, I mean, it makes sense if you, if you stop buying your Pacific product and everyone does kind of the same thing the manufacturer say, my sales are down why is that then they'll look into it and eventually they'll offer refillable more eco-friendly of packets to, so you can still have your favourite brand Mm. then have to change to complete unknown brands
1: absolutely so it 's
3: a way you get manufacturers to change their way
1: although the, the thing that we work really hard on is not just the packaging elements so we also look into the ingredients within the things that you 're using um, and lots of our popular branded particularly cleaning products um, are full of things that are really not very good for the waterways, and when they hit the oceans, that kind of thing. So actually, we also focus on the ingredients. We look at the ethics across the entire supply chain. We try very hard to buy things that are very local to fleet or its surrounding areas uh, so that we don't even have to worry about you know, massive supply chains and things. So it's a whole kind of ethical consumerism system as opposed to you know, just heading for those brands who we all know and have loved in the past.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you say... Um it sounds quite easy, the way you present it, but there's so much in that, isn't it? It's not, I'm opening a shop up and it's not going to have any plastic. Yeah,
1: You've absolutely. just described
2: the whole chain.
1: Yeah, we try really hard, though, to do the hard work for everybody else because we all live really busy lives. I know that as a, as a primary school teacher, I was on my feet all the time. It was hectic. I didn't have... The time, unless without my passion, there would be no way that I've even looked into lots of these areas and things. So I know that there are lots of people out there living busy lives who don't have the time to investigate whether their washing up liquid is safe or whether it's come from someone who's been paid properly to make it or whatever it might be. So um, we have tried to do the hard work and do all that research so that customers can literally walk in and know that if it says it's compostable, it genuinely is 100% compostable in their home compost bin. And it is going to find a good end.
2: Yeah, it's good. Like you say, you, you've got a passion for it, and we might care, but we'll go, great, we'll buy that one then, because we can trust you.
1: Yeah, and life is, at the moment, we, we work around being convenient, don't we? We are inherently, as humans, lazy, which is why we're at this point. Plastic has made our life easy. So we need to make sure that we are providing a really easy method for people who are interested and want to do better and want to protect the planet and their children's futures and everything else without them having to take on the hassle of, you know, all the research and everything else that goes along with that.
2: We had July, wasn't it? July was plastic-free month. Which we did a little thing about, didn't we? we said, mm-hmm. Right, that's it. We're not going to see what we can do with that. It's hard. It is true. It's really, really hard. Now I've gone over to bars of soap. Perfect. Which is great. And I sometimes wash my hair with that soap, mm-hmm. which is not so good. because. <laughs> that- it's, but I'm sure there must be a product. There are
1: shampoo bars. <laughs> yeah, and conditioner uh, bars as well. So that's the kind of, it's like...
2: A little tiny step, which is you say, you don't have to change your whole world in a second. No. But, you know, going back to that glass jar of mayonnaise, I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought I'm buying a glass jar of mayonnaise, and then I'd go, well, that is a little bit frustrating. So you kind of open your eyes to everybody's eyes to it.
1: I think it's also really frustrating that, or well, for some people, that. The glass isn't necessarily always the best option either. There's a whole myriad of issues with the weight of the glass and therefore the carbon emissions that it takes to transport to somewhere. So there's there's a real balance with every single product about whether it should be plastic, which in some cases is still necessary and still important whether it should be in glass, aluminium. There's a whole raft of issues, so hopefully we've done that. And sorted you that could you have glass,
2: and you could just bring it to you to fill up the container, Absolutely. couldn't you, because it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. I do find, because i am obviously started my grown-up life quite a long time ago.
1: Which
0: I say. i not saying a word.
2: And the example of nappies. So I started with my children with cherry nappies, and then mm-hmm. we go into the hey, newfangled um, and such like, and now everybody's going back to washable and all sorts of things. And it's the same as plastic bags in supermarkets, and now we're paper. I wonder what that bit in the middle was for. What was that for?
1: Well, again, and not necessarily in terms of the nappies specifically, but in terms of plastic bags, um, the world moved away from paper bags because in cutting down a tree, It's not overly green. Um, The production of a paper bag takes four times the amount of energy than a plastic bag. So actually paper bags aren't amazing either. Um, And therefore, we moved away from paper bags to the plastic because it was cheaper, it was lighter, it was supposed to be reusable, it just didn't work out that way. Um, And now... I think this is an area that slightly frustrates me as well there are lots of bigger businesses who are slightly greenwashing the public by saying oh yes but we're now introducing paper bags but the reason they were removed was because they weren't green so reusing something, a canvas bag, a jute bag, over and over again is far, far better until it literally dies.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you just have to remember to take it out with you all the yes. time. That's <laughs> Leave the it thing, in the boot. Isn't it? Leave <laughs> it in the boot, go to the supermarket, go back to the boot. <laughs> it's just educating yourself, it is. it isn't happens. it? So let's get go back to the beginning then, scoop. Yes. What made you call it that? Um, and what, what decision process and other choices were Well, there? in
1: terms of um, shop names... Uh, I don't know where Fleet Scoop came from actually. I wanted the word Fleet in it to start with because Fleet has been my home forever um, and therefore it's an important place to me. And part of the shop is about the community. I love, love all the community events we put on and that kind of thing. Um, but I also had my other option was Kate's Cupboard, um, which I really liked. But I, at the time I had a Facebook page and I put them both out to the public and they voted. So oh,
2: it became a good Fleet
1: one. Scoop. <laughs> it's good because Scoop. Exactly, yes. So that's good. And we have, well, we have less of those now in the new shop than we did in the previous shop because we've uh, made it slightly more efficient, but there are still some hiding around. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Can you see yourself having more than one scoop? Oh, I've been asked this lots of times, and part of me loves the idea, and the other half of me uh, kind of thinks that the point in scoop is that it is small and it's independent and that we get everything very locally. So if I were to open somewhere else, somewhere else, Sorry, another shop somewhere else. Um, Let's plump for Basingstoke. I would have to then resource all my things close to Basingstoke. I would want them to be as close as they could be to the shop. So um, it feels like an awful lot of work (laughs) uh, and potentially, but... Kind of like that—we're small and independent. Goes with the ethos of, of
2: the green. Although you could still be small and independent, but uh, somebody else could run it for you who's got the same amount of passion as you.
1: Possibly, yeah. It's, it's quite hard to find those people.
0: <laughs> somebody local, because obviously you're sourcing local products, you're sourcing yes. local people as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did come across
2: somebody in Basingstoke, didn't we? Was that in the winter last year? <laughs> Oh, no yes. yes. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah. There is
1: a shop that just opened in Baiserserk, actually, so it maybe wasn't my best example. I wouldn't move in on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, there, there are a few popping up locally, which is great.
0: So what are some of the products you actually sell in your shop, just briefly?
1: Oh, all sorts. So food-wise, we have things like uh, nuts, seeds, pasta, rice, uh, cereals, sweets, chocolate, savoury snacks. Sweets. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you really. say Sweet, <laughs> sweets.
0: Sweets. You got me hooked already.
1: We sold out at the weekend, Uh, unfortunately, so waiting for a new parcel tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And then non-food items, so you can refill things like your washing up liquid, laundry liquid. um,
0: That's the boring things, isn't it? (laughs) But it's got to be done. Essential things, I know that, but...
1: Yeah, and also you can say things that aren't necessarily refillable, but that either last a much longer time or are better produced, say things like... um, loofah sponges instead of synthetic plastic sponges or uh, bamboo toothbrushes instead of your, your plastic ones that kind of thing
0: thing is uh, the main supermarkets they're not selling many of these reusable products are they so it's great to have shops like yourself independent shops they are doing something like this uh, to entice people to come in and
1: shop there yeah I definitely thought when we first opened three years ago that three years would be as long as we were in existence because I had hoped that the supermarkets would absolutely have caught up by now and that they would have jumped on the idea it was a great idea and they'd have run with it Um, a few have trialed things like the gravity dispenser and the refilling of food but have found for whatever reason that it hasn't worked for them um, but it seems very bizarre that they're not selling the things that are um, static, so things like the, the bamboo toothbrushes quite so um, openly as they could be. Um, but actually, the, the thing about that is that as a supermarket chain, I wouldn't necessarily be trusting them to source them from an ethical supply chain. It would just be, oh, that's a good product to have on our shelves rather than looking into everything anyway. So I think we might be needed for a little while longer.
0: Yeah, uh, do, you know, where will the high street, where will that
3: main supermarket be in 10, 20 years' time? Well, I used to work for the supermarket. So it's basically they'll put a product out it doesn't sell, they, they don't stock it. Yes. So it's kind of like that. So if you've got a lot of recycled stuff and no one kind of buys it, they, they bin it they're all about the bottom line all about the sales and selling units yeah
1: and there's so much wastage
3: as well
2: what about cost how would you price yourself
1: Uh, we actually price match as closely as we can to the supermarkets so every time I introduce a new product I look at the four top supermarkets and try very very hard to either beat them or at least be in line with the middle of their prices, which actually range quite significantly from bottom to top, um, but yeah, we try really hard to make sure that we are accessible because, for me, like we said before, it's a passion and it's about getting people uh, to reconsider choices. It's not about trying to make a million pounds and, and being a business.
2: So it's the passion first. you can Absolutely. see that it completely shines out from you. The energy. I'm sitting here thinking, how, how have you got so much energy to even go? <laughs> Here's a toothbrush. Let's, con- you know, let's look at the different supermarkets and then let's sell it for this it's not just that no it's everything about it from how the bristles are made and all of those things
1: yeah and it but it's important to me to educate people and i I mean to the point where i will tell people in the shop that they don't need to buy don't buy that one because you've got whatever it is at home use that instead so so actually as a businesswoman i'm rubbish
2: (laughs) 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 well it's like everything it's like well you always say you've got to do something from the heart with a passion and then everything else comes from that Completely. So you you keep uh, mentioning education. What do you do for to educate people?
1: Um, so not only obviously on the shop floor, and particularly now this weekend, having just opened, the amount of people who came in and hadn't even come across the concept of a refill shop or potentially. Um, items that they had never known that could be swapped for something that was a little more eco-friendly. But we also do, or I also do, lots of assemblies and workshops with local schools. Um, We've done talks to um, local community groups, local church groups. i have gone along to um, a church group and done sort of a presentation about how they can specifically affect their own um, building, their own practices worked alongside heart council to try and get rid of lots of single-use plastics within their uh, procurement procedures and within the offices themselves they've actually done a pretty good job on that front so that's that's a massive step forward. Well done, Heart local Council. businesses. Yeah, <laughs> uh, local businesses. We've got Results Gym who now use our sanitizer and um, washing up liquid and things rather than stuff from Amazon. <laughs> Dare I mention it?
2: <laughs> yeah, you always can here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> say right, looking into the future. Say thirty years time. Where do you mm-hmm. see places like yourself and the General High
1: Street then? I have a dream. <laughs> I have a dream that um, there are that the supermarkets are just far more better, sorry, far better at doing the sorts of things that we as small independent businesses are doing. Um, I never intended to own a business. I never expected to be around for this long. So in 30 years time, I'm not necessarily expecting to still be on the high street. But if I'm needed, then possibly might well still be there, trying to encourage people to um, to move forward and to be better. But I, I do think the, the message, the general message, um, you know, all the programs that are on TV at the moment, the kids' programs, they all mention climate change or single-use plastics, or and it's, the message is getting out there. So I'm really hoping that 30 years' time, something has to have changed. You know, if the scientists are right, something in 30 years' time has to have have changed for the better. But you know, if we're still needed then I'll still be there plugging away.
2: <laughs> From my point of view, I think that if people get on top of this and it becomes a mass market thing, you'll find the next thing that is good for the world
1: yes and actually the the whole comeback from covid um has i think has shown that lots of industries lots of new industries can actually be produced and we don't have to get rid of commercialism completely you know let's not kick the baby out with the we have to live our life on this planet as humans and survive however that is but if we can do that with by making in honesty tiny small steps that really don't cost us masses in terms of money or effort or you know taking a coffee cup with you into a into canteen or you know whatever it might be if we can do all that all of us that would see that that
2: that's a very simple thing to do isn't it you take your bag or something and you carry that around and wherever you go one you're saving yourself from germs not so many people touch it two it's you're just recycling everything all of the time
1: yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good it's thing easy. to do
2: they're just simple steps aren't they and,
1: and even at the moment coffee shops that are offering compostable options fantastic I know canteen do that um, however there are four industrial composters in the entire country so it's very unlikely that your takeaway cup is going to find its way at the moment to anywhere sensible anyway so yes it's a step in the right direction it's better but we can make it that step even better by something so simple
3: Need to kind of like create a supply chain that kind of works.
1: Yeah, hopefully, that's what
3: kind of yeah. needs. You kind of got a middle bit here, bit at the end, middle bit sort of kind of not there just yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. and there are gaps. I mean, we although there are some gaps that I don't understand. For example, we sell two farmers crisps at the shop. They are wholly compostable packaging. They go in my compost bin. They are now feeding this year's um, tomatoes. For example, uh, the, the packaging is amazing. It works. The, the crisps are crunchy why are not more companies using that it's just so simple <laughs> you know, there's so a
2: simple yeah. thing for them to do and
1: it's potato starch so it's a by-product of their product anyway so there's less it's waste cheaper it's cheaper to
2: manufacture probably for them, you think
1: uh, yeah i i've said this about
2: i mean it's probably completely irrelevant but things like <gasps> you put um sugar or salt in a tin something why do that you know, why do such and such? Why can't you just serve I think, it? I think a
3: lot of it is to do with um, the packaging because obviously you look, you look for instance like the big the big supermarkets, they have their supply chain don't they but it's not owned by them it's obviously third parties yes. so trying to get the third parties to change their way for then then supply to change That's it. that can so take years. That's yeah. what you're saying,
2: little changes if from the grassroots yeah. up as opposed to the big boys down.
3: But you really, really need these big companies that Tells the supply chain is where we want to go. Start changing,
1: but it's also super important that the government do get involved because um, there was a national consultation about recycling and what should and shouldn't be being able to be taken in in um, county councils just before we hit Brexit and COVID and everything else. So it's kind of taken a back seat but um, at the moment a lot of people will buy a plastic bottle and say "But that's okay because it can be recycled or um, I will buy my takeaway meal it's okay because it can go in my blue bin and the fact is yes your plastic bottle probably can be recycled but there is a carbon footprint to that happening um, and your your takeaway container for your, your meal actually might be being collected by your council but the majority of councils are actually shipping that abroad to, in- to illegal dump sites in Indonesia or wherever it might be where they leach chemicals find their way into our water systems um, so we can't at the moment trust 100% what is happening to the end goal of our recycling bins uh, so it's really important that actually we cut it out before it so even we,
2: we make those decisions
1: so moving on
2: to you had a celebrity visitor i hear yes this yeah. weekend
1: yeah, uh, Jean-Christophe Novelli came and uh, visited Fleet, actually, the whole the whole High Street, but I don't think he'd come across a refill shop before. He was very intrigued by the concept. I
2: was going to ask, what was his thoughts about it all?
1: Yeah, he was really, he was very impressed by the prices. He was like, how are you doing this? Uh, but yeah, he, he was um, very inspired by it. He was talking quite he was asking lots of questions about it and um, I, I genuinely don't think he'd come across one before because he was talking about I me mean, going on Dragon's Den and how I should wow. franchise it everywhere well, there are a few around <laughs> so I can't take a complete responsibility. So he idea. was blown away
2: by the whole thing.
1: He was, yeah. You've had a
2: probably um, will have had an effect on him because he'll be at home thinking, really "How so. can I impact on stuff?"
1: So I have got in my head to uh, to message him and ask if he might do something TV wise that might be encouraging TV chefs to be less wasteful. Things like when they cut off three inches of a carrot and only use the
2: other end. I can't. I think they do that slightly less now. I in hope back so. in the day. <laughs> they used to kind of do that little bit in the middle yeah
1: but using things like your, your or not even peeling a carrot I don't know why that even became a thing why
2: do you need to I don't peel a carrot exactly
1: and actually the vitamin B12 from On the, the outside, outside of a carrot is really important particularly to you your vegans and your vegetarians exactly eat. exactly yeah. but so that's all th-
0: about education at the end yeah. of the day isn't it that's because good. my mum peels her carrots and I'm like what are you doing that for
2: why are you peeling
0: your mushrooms uh, mother
1: yeah. and actually you can use the carrot tops eat them in salads yeah grow
2: more stuff from them yeah yeah. So you said you might get in touch with him. Have you got his phone number? No.
1: <laughs> no, we weren't quite that friendly. Uh, although I did follow him that evening and did notice that I've got more followers than he has. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I think that's high
2: five to that. Do you know what? I think you should pursue yeah. that. that because he was impressed by you and what you're doing. And um, you've obviously impacted it. In. So do that, and then we can The ripple effect will be huge.
1: Well, with a third of the entire world's food that's produced being ditched before, you know, before it's eaten, um, food waste is a huge area that could be worked on. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm a great believer in that. My my girls used to say, "There's nothing in the fridge to eat, mum," and I go. And make yes, something. Here it, <laughs> here it is, and they go but, and I go. There's no buts because of something in the fridge. You can eat it. Absolutely, and i will completely. Do we have a that. scheme
0: here? I don't know because I'm not obviously from this area. Mm. Uh, that basically picks up products that people are not selling, and then it gets used. Food bank. Yeah, food banks. We do. Yeah, we,
1: we have do. a food bank. We're hopefully there is a um, fleet pantry that is looking at trying to open uh, somewhere on the high street, uh, but we also have things like Olio, which are a nationwide scheme and two good to go who pick up local produce and then pass them on to people for free
0: brilliant idea so uh, let's wrap it up for now Uh, but just remind us where about you are
1: so we are on fleet high street 184 which isn't very helpful because it's next door to cafe amici opposite new two spoons uh, very close to parking and uh yeah far far better spot
0: and we can follow you on socials
1: absolutely yeah instagram and facebook
0: fantastic lovely thank you kate thank you buzz talk business fancy being part of our next discussion then get in touch by emailing us at info at buzzpodcasts.co.uk and find out more of our conversation at buzzpodcasts.co.uk